This is the Retirement Lifestyle Advocates radio program. I'm your host, Dennis Tubergen. Glad you decided to listen in today. Hey, I want to begin this week's program by just thanking all of you who provided such terrific support for the release of my most recent book, Retirement Roadmap. Uh, The book talks about how many aspiring retirees can use the revenue sourcing process to achieve a secure tax-free retirement in today's economy. Uh, The book made it to uh, a number one bestseller on Amazon in 11 categories. So again, I'm very grateful to those of you that uh, went out and got the book. For those of you that did not get the book, I'd like to make you an offer this week to get a copy of the book absolutely free. You can do so by going to the website, RoadmapToRetirementBook.com. The website, again, is RoadmapToRetirementBook.com. I think it's a very important, timely book, given where we are economically speaking today. And I want to talk about that in today's segment. I have frequently commented uh, here on the program that It's my belief that the economy and financial markets are extremely artificial. I believe we've seen stock prices go up, as I'll discuss in this segment. I believe we have seen real estate prices rise, as I'll also discuss in this segment, because we have seen the Federal Reserve create massive levels of currency. Now, as I warned on this program a couple years ago, when the currency creation started in earnest, that we would have to see inflation, we are now seeing inflation. There are many sources that have documented that food prices in the last year are up more than 30%. If you go grocery shopping, you know that to be the case. Because we're in an artificial environment today, that means that the planning you do for your retirement today also needs to be different. It needs to account for where we are and this, what I believe, is an artificial economy. And that's what the Retirement Roadmap book does. Again, if you like a copy of the book, just go to RoadmapToRetirementBook.com and I'll be glad to send you one. Now, here is what I believe is an eternal truth from my research. Artificial economies and artificial markets always eventually reverse. Why? Because you cannot change the basic rules of finance and economics. There are basic rules and principles, fundamentals, if you will, of finance and of economics that simply cannot be changed. Now, I've often quoted the late economist Herbert Stein when it comes to currency creation and artificial markets. Mr. Stein said something that was profound and also simple. He said this, if something cannot go on forever, it will stop. If something cannot go on forever, it will stop. Now, as I've discussed here on the radio program many times, currency creation will eventually cease. As Mr. Stein says, it will eventually have to stop. It will end proactively or perhaps reactively. But regardless of how it ends, 
It will end. It will have to stop. So that in mind, here is the most important question I believe you can ask yourself. When currency creation does stop, what will the economy and financial markets look like, and how will you be affected? What will markets look like, and how will you and your dreams of a retirement be affected? See, it's the answer to that question that matters. So in this segment, I want to consider the answer to that question. Let's start with the fact that stocks are extremely overvalued. Now, in my Portfolio Watch newsletter last week, uh, and if you're not yet a subscriber to the Portfolio Watch newsletter, there's no reason not to subscribe. You can go to retirementlifestyleadvocates.com and sign up. And as I noted in the newsletter, I actually published a chart of the Russell 3000, which is a broad stock market index, and I published a chart of the Fed's balance sheet. It's amazing how closely correlated these two charts are. Money creation by the Fed, as measured by their balance sheet, was not quite vertical on the chart, but it was certainly a little bit higher than a 45-degree angle, if you can visualize that. Stock prices have followed that trajectory very closely. Now, if you take a look at the Buffett indicator, which is probably the favorite, most often metric used to determine the value of stocks, stocks are extremely overvalued. Now, if you're not familiar with the Buffett indicator, you simply take the total value of stocks. You add up the value of all the shares of stocks that exist. That's called market capitalization. And you divide it by gross domestic product, which is the economic output of the United States. Now, when you use that metric, you find that stocks are now 30% more overvalued than at the tech stock bubble peak in 2000, 21 years ago. And they're pushing twice the valuation of stocks at the time of the financial crisis. So in 2007, when the, mass, the last big decline in the market began, if you take a look at the Buffett indicator then and now, it is now about twice the level it was then. That tells you that when the currency creation stops and deflation sets in, which history tells us it will, we're going to see, I believe, a significant decline in stocks. Now, in the next segment, my guest expert on today's program, Mr. Gerald Salente, who is the publisher of Trends Journal, will give me his opinion as to where we're headed. So you'll want to stay tuned. I'll be talking to Gerald in segments two and three of today's program. Now, let's shift our focus a minute and talk about real estate. When you take a look at how you value homes, single-family homes, the most often used measuring stick, if you will, is the Case-Shiller Home Price Index. Real estate values are now 27% higher 
using the Case-Shiller Index than at the peak of the housing bubble in 2006. Now, my point is that when the next recession hits, asset prices are more inflated than in the past, which significantly, in my view, increases the likelihood of a catastrophic design, a decline rather, in asset values. Now, you have to couple the fact that these abnormally high asset valuation levels are taking place. In other words, these, these asset prices are getting out of hand, if you will. At the same time, the U.S. economy has been weakening. Now, if you don't read articles at Mises.org, um, I like to read them because the articles are published from an Austrian perspective, an Austrian economic perspective. John Wolfenbarger had an interesting article that was published there this past week. He said this, the U.S. economy is not as strong as it used to be. That is certainly true in the wake of the COVID pandemic, but it has also been true for the past two decades. All of the taxes, regulations, and other government interventions in the economy in recent decades have created a weaker and more fragile economy that will make the next recession even worse. Now get this statistic that Wolfenbarger talks about in his article. Industrial production today is only 8% higher than at the 2000 peak, and industrial production today is 1% lower than it was at the 2007 peak. Industrial production has nearly flatlined over the past two decades. That's a lot weaker than the almost 4% annual growth in industrial production from 1920 to 2000. Now consider that for a minute. Asset prices, stock prices, and real estate prices are at all-time highs by a very wide margin and industrial production has declined since the financial crisis. That's economic math that just doesn't add up, and it goes a long way to proving my point that the current environment is artificial. So when planning for retirement, I would encourage you not to follow the herd. Don't follow traditional planning methods, at least with all your assets, apply a little bit of critical thinking and consider what we're talking about today. How can stock prices be at all-time highs and real estate prices be at all-time highs when industrial production has weakened, when the economy has weakened? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. And applying a little bit of critical thinking to these statistics leads us to the conclusion that something is likely going to change dramatically. I'll be talking about that in the next segment with my special guest today, Mr. Gerald Salente, as I mentioned earlier in this segment. And if you're just joining me, I am making available my recent book, Retirement Roadmap, uh, which was a number one bestseller on Amazon. All you need to do to request your copy of the book that will reveal to you the revenue sourcing process that you might want to consider using to do your retirement planning in light of what we just talked about in this segment. 
To get your copy of the book, RoadmapToRetirementBook.com is the website, RoadmapToRetirementBook.com. I'll be back after these words. Welcome back to RLA Radio. I am pleased to have on the program today Mr. Gerald Salente. Uh, Gerald is the publisher of a must-read publication, Trends Journal. You can learn more about his work at TrendsJournal.com. And Gerald, welcome to the program. Oh, thanks for having me on, Dennis. Gerald, let's just talk about, it's hard to sort through all the crazy things going on right now, and uh, you have been uh, stunningly accurate in the past on your forecast. So let's just start with the U.S. economy. Uh, what does your crystal ball tell you? Uh, where are we going to be in a year? It's going down. I mean, you you look at the numbers and all of these mandates that you know different cities and states have put on. Uh, you can't get in a restaurant without a passport. People are afraid to travel. And <clears throat> so you're looking at the travel, for example, the numbers now are down to uh, May uh, numbers as far as air travel goes. You're looking at declines in the hospitality sector, uh, no conven- conventions, trade shows. Uh, they're, they're not doing them at, at, at a, a fraction of what they were doing before. So you look at all the implications of this, and it's really big. Uh, people are afraid, and uh, it's hurting the industries uh, across the board. And now with the mandates, and you have a lot of people that don't want to get vaccinated, it's, you know, I, I I can't go into a restaurant in New York City uh, without a vaccine passport. So um, it's going to be, it was down before. This is what people are forgetting. You go back to 2019. Let's go back to this time, exactly two years ago, 2019, September. Oh, the Federal Reserve? Oh, they were pumping in what? Between September and January, uh, September 2019 in January 2020. Oh, they only pumped in $7 trillion into the repo markets. Let's look around the globe. Oh, Germany. Oh, yeah, the richest country in in Europe. Oh, they were going into a recession. Oh, India. Oh, they only had seven consecutive quarters of declining GDP growth. This is all in 2019. So this thing was going down before. And then you look at the commercial real estate sector. New York, east side, west side, all around the town, 2019, for rent, for rent, for rent, for rent, for rent. Now, oh, what's your office occupancy rate? Oh, 22%. 22%? Oh, yeah, but it's only 20% in San Francisco. And across the country, 33%. So now think of all the businesses, all the businesses that depend on commuters, that are going out of business. So this thing is going to be, it's going to have a devastating effect. Uh, Again, the rich are getting richer. You see the numbers. What did median household income declined at the fastest rate in 2020 since they've been collecting data? But but the billionaire has only got $8 trillion richer. And that's what it is, the consolidation, merger and acquisition activity at an all-time high. So the general economy no longer counts because all the people have become are just plantation workers in Slavelandia. What is uh, Amazon's adding, adding what? Another, what, 150,000 jobs for the, uh, um, uh, the, the, the Christmas season? 
You know, what were they paying? Oh, you know, $15 an hour? Great. Oh, you know what they call the poverty rate in America? $26,000, a little more than $26,000 for a family of four. Family of four living on $26,000? What are you kidding me? That's po- poverty? I mean, how about poverty at 40000 for a family of four in the real world? Oh, and then, then you look at the, then you look at the um, housing market. But what's the average price of a home now? That's about what, about three hundred and fifty thousand dollars? Straight to fifty thousand dollars? And now who's buying up all the, the houses? Oh, Blackstone, all the private equity groups. And what are they doing? Turning them into rentals. People can't afford to buy. That's where the country's going. It's gonna be so the general economy no longer counts anymore when you have a a society of the noble, the rich. Well, I'm chatting today with Mr. Gerald Salente. He is the publisher of Trends Journal. You can learn more at trendsjournal.com. I'd encourage you to do that. Gerald, just to drill down on this uh, th- this discussion of the economy, I mean, you mentioned the the, the Fed has, uh, fr- from from my research, literally doubled the money supply in the last couple of years, and it seems like the inflation genie is out of the bottle. What's your forecast as far as inflation is concerned? It's going to keep going up. It's going to keep going up in a number of ways. Prices don't have to go up as sharply as they are. Where they go up 5.3%? Oh, oh, but Wall Street said it didn't go up 5.4% as, as we thought. What are you, what are you talking about? Who are you talking to? This, this is the kind of crap they're throwing out. Here's the bigger deal. And again, it's bigger than America. Your currencies are declining. So we call it dragflation. Your economy's going down. The value of your currency is going down, so it costs you more to buy everything. And those are the facts. You're looking at real wages compared to inflation. Real wages are way down compared to where inflation is going. So it's not only prices going up, it's currencies going down. And we're going to see it globally, and emerging markets are being hit the hardest. The only reason the dollar is where it is is because the other ones are doing so much more terrible than we are. And boy, they're coming up with another $3.5 trillion plan where we're only, what, $30 trillion in debt? I mean, they're making this stuff up. They're just printing this digital money back by nothing and printed on nothing. So inflation is going to be, it's going to cost more to live. And again, when, when you put in inflation numbers, I mentioned about housing. Oh, that's not included. The cost of housing going up, that's not included in the inflation number. And again, you're looking at inflation when, when rents are going up, when food costs are going up. This is hurting the average person very hard. So, Gerald, you, you mentioned the dollar, and you know there's been some interesting developments as far as currencies uh, are concerned. Uh, El Salvador just recently announced that Bitcoin is now legal tender along with the U.S. dollar. There's talk about China now uh, rolling out a digital currency, and I'm hearing some rumors that it may be gold-backed. What do you you forecast, what do you see as far as the future of the U.S. dollar and currencies in general? They're all going to go digital, because this way they know every penny you spent, where you spent it, how you spent it, what you spent it on. With the close down, the lockdown, have any of the politicians taken pay cuts? They want to get all the money they can because they never work a day in their lives. You got this guy, Biden's only been sucking off the public tits since, what, he's 30 years old. And then it's the same thing across the board. None of these people work. So they want to get every penny that you have. So they're all going to go digital. 
on the crypto level, I still see a market for them because there's a whole sector of society that wants to pull away from the government. And they're going to start trading among themselves and between themselves. So you're going to see more and more of that. So it's a combination of the two. As for the dollar, the dollar the dollar is going to crash at some point. They can't keep this up. And but again, the whole game is rigged. I mean, you, you, and I don't, I'm not making this up. How about that? How about that criminal organization called J.P. Morgan Chase? How many times? How many times have they been convicted? Convicted of fraud? Oh, and the last time in 2019 for rigging the precious metals market. Oh, they only got fined $900 million. A slap on the wrist considering how much they rigged it and how much they made. So the whole game is rigged. And when the equity markets go down, what do they do? We have a plunge protection team. Oh, isn't that a nice name for the banksters to come in to artificially prop up the market? And the repo markets, as I said, you know, $7 trillion. And, and here's, again, the bigs are getting bigger. They, they, they borrow money, the banks, at what, 0.35%. You put it in the bank, you get nothing. But yet they loan it back to you with your credit card, and they could charge you 27%. So, Gerald, you, you mentioned equity markets. Uh, you know, stocks are so extended now by just about any measure, the Buffett indicator, the uh, – uh, the Schiller uh, cyclically adjusted price index. I mean, they've never been this high. Um, do you think that th these market valuations are 100% the result of market manipulation? Or uh, how do you see that? And, and what's your forecast? It's market manipulation. It's the cheap money. Once they raise interest rates, the thing goes down. Go back to when Trump was president and how he was hounding Jerome Powell to lower interest rates before any of this happened, going back to 2018. So they can't raise interest rates because the interest rates go up, the, the, the markets crash. It's being, it's being pumped up by cheap money. I mentioned merger and acquisition activity at an all-time high. They're borrowing the money for nothing. So when interest rates go up, the whole thing goes down. Will they raise interest rates? Well, they're going to, the Fed's going to be meeting, and they're going to lie again, and they're going to start talking about, well, we're going to start tapering. They're not going to taper, not for a while. This thing's going down. They've they, the they, they got to artificially prop up the economy. So as long as they keep interest rates low, the game will keep playing. The cheap money, it's, it's, they're money junkies. You're buying the drugs for nothing. So that as long as they keep money cheap, the economy will stay, uh, you know, they, they have to keep the markets up because when the markets crash, then general society knows how bad it really is. Meanwhile, the middle class keeps shrinking, poverty rates keep going up, and uh, again, the billionaires only got $8 trillion richer last year as median household income fell at its greatest level ever in 2020. Well, my guest today is Mr. Gerald Salente. He's the publisher of Trends Journal. You can learn more at trendsjournal.com, and I encourage you to do that. I'll continue my conversation with Gerald when RLA Radio returns. Stay with us. I'm Dennis Tuberg, and you are listening to RLA Radio. My guest on today's program is Mr. Gerald Salente. He is the publisher of Trends Journal. Uh, if you're not familiar with his work, uh, I would encourage you to check it out at trendsjournal.com. His forecasts have been stunningly accurate. 
And, and Gerald, just to shift gears here for a minute, um, you predicted uh, long ago, and I don't know how long you've been uh, doing what you do, but you predicted when uh, we got into Afghanistan that uh, it wouldn't end up very well, and that's exactly what happened. Can you, uh, can you expand on that? They did a movie on one of my books. Uh, there used to be a TV show, Everyone Loves Raymond, and the woman who played the mother, uh, Doris Roberts, played my aunt. The name of my book is Zizi, Z-I-Z-I, and Honey Boy. Zizi is the Neapolitan dialect for auntie. And it, the name of the book was the uh, true story about the love, wisdom, and the soul of America, what America used to be. Anyway, the movie opens up, and the guy playing me, Andrew Koss, is on the phone with the producer of a TV show and saying, yeah, you tell them I said we're going to lose the Afghan war. And I got blackballed from all the media. You could look it up. You could go to YouTube, Zizi, Z-I-Z-I, and Honey Boy trailer. This 30-second trailer shows you what I was doing. So I used to be on Oprah, the Today Show, Good Morning America. I used to be on everybody, O'Reilly. You name it, I was on them all the time. And I got blackballed because they said we lose the Afghan war. And if you remember, the, the guy that got us into it, George W. Bush, the daddy's boy, born on third base and thought he had a home run, um, he said that uh, you're either with us or with the terrorists. So I was con I was accused of being with the terrorists. And what I said was that if Alexander the Great couldn't pull it off, if the British couldn't pull it off it, into the Valley of Death Road, the 600, if the Russians couldn't pull it off, we're not going to win this war. Because America had not won a war since World War II. Lost the Korean War, lost the Vietnam War. Oh yeah, but we could have won the Vietnam War. We only killed 3 million people. If we killed 30 million, maybe we could have won. No, you couldn't win that one either because when you invade another country, the people don't want you there. The prostitute media calls them militants. They're not militants. They're getting the invaders out. And these are a different class of people that know how to fight. And they're going to fight to their death. And what people don't realize, and again, as you mentioned, we have a magazine, the Trends Journal, only been writing it since 1991. And we have all the details. We're political atheists. We only put facts in there. We tell you what's going on, what it means, and what's next. And the Taliban wanted to talk with America. No. Nope. We don't have time to talk, said the murderer George W. Bush, the slimy little lowlife who lied us into the Iraq war a year later. Yeah, they wanted to talk with us. We don't have no time to talk. We're going to get Osama bin Laden dead or alive. And 88% of the American people swallowed the crap. And so that's, that's what happened. And again, there was a guy, his name was um, Dwight D. Eisenhower, five-star general, supreme commander of the Allied Forces, two-term president, farewell address, January 17th, 1961, warning the American people that the military-industrial complex is robbing the nation of the genius of scientists, whether the laborers, and the future of the children. Boy, did they do great in that Afghan war, didn't they? 20 years of stealing our dough, only about $2 trillion. Oh, and we killed that. Ah, ah. 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60,000 people. That's okay. You know, so that's what's going on. There was a General Smedley Butler, the most decorated man in, in American history, up in uh, uh, general at the time. Uh, he wrote the book, War's a Racket. And that's all it is. 
and the people keep buying it. Again, as our one of our covers of the magazine, the Trends Journal, back when everybody started marching off to the COVID war, dumb enough to believe Bush's wars, dumb enough to believe the COVID war. So, Gerald, when you take a look at where things are politically, um, I, 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 the research I'm doing shows that there's a, a lot of anger now in the in the country over a lot of things. The list is long. Where do you see this 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 anger among the populace leading from a trend standpoint? For, for a new new party, but it has to be organized. You know, I was just a keynote speaker on September fourth uh, at Ron Paul's, Dr. Ron Paul, who I admire deeply, his War on Us event in Washington D.C. And my talk was, we must unite. United we stand, divided we fall. We have to start a whole new movement. And the people are fed up. These are, it's a, it's a crime syndicate. The Republicans, it's a crime syndicate. We got the banksters. We got the military-industrial complex. The drug dealers that morons and imbeciles call big pharma, and big tech running our lives. It's a total takeover. You're. T- I mean, go back, go back to to the, the 2008 crash. Oh, the banks are too big to fail. The banks are too big to fail. Oh yeah, you're just a piece of garbage. The banksters, the ones that created the the crash with the subprime mortgages, the phony real estate markets, on and on and on. Oh, they have to get bailed out. They need. What did the Federal Reserve? Twenty nine trillion dollars. $29 trillion to the banksters between 2007 and 2010, according to Levy Institute of Bard College. But the rest of us are nothing. So there are a lot of people that know this and feel this in different ways. But we have to unite under a new, a, a new party because the, the other ones, they, 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 they're a criminal operation. But the DJs shall know them. How many wars do they have to lie us into and how much more money they have to steal from us uh, to see it, look at look at Trump's tax cuts. According to the Tax Policy Center, eighty-two percent of them went to the one percent. Oh, you mean the one percent that owns fifty-four percent of the equity markets, and the ten percent that own when you put it together ninety percent of it? Oh, yeah, they got the tax cuts. Now the whole the whole thing is gone. This country's it's it's going to go down big and hard. If the country's lost its spirit, its fight. And people believe what they're being told. But again, there's that it does not take a majority to prevail, but rather an irate, tireless minority, keen on setting brush fires of freedom in the minds of men, said Samuel Adams, so that irate, tireless minority has to unite under an umbrella. My guest today is Mr. Gerald Salente. He is the publisher of Trends Journal. I'd encourage you to learn more about his work at TrendsJournal.com. Gerald, when you said America is going to go down big and hard, what does that look like? Is this the 1930s again, only worse? How do you see it? Much worse, because you go back to the 1930s. You know, there used to be things called grocery stores, hardware stores, stationery stores. Now there are grocery chains. Hardware chains, stationary chains. In other words, you don't have an opportunity to be an entrepreneur anymore. Gone. Gone. 
Everything's controlled by the bigs. They did away with the Robinson Patman Act, Sherman Antitrust Act, Clayton Antitrust Act, and of course the Glass Steagall Act. This is much worse. And the shape of America is deadly. You, nobody talks about it. The COVID war? Oh, yeah, how about getting in good health? Why? Why should I do that? Oh, because according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, only 78% of the people hospitalized for COVID are obese and overweight. 70% of Americans are overweight. 42% are obese. Look what the country looks like. So we're, we're in much worse shape. And my greatest fear is, you mentioned the Depression. Think about it. The crash of 29, the Great Depression, what follows it? World War II. When all else fails, they take you to war. Afghan war? Hey, go read our Trends Journal. October 1999, dot-com bust. We said it would bust by the second quarter of 2000. It did. Bush comes into office. We're in a severe recession. His ratings are going down the toilet. Oh, Afghan war. 88% of the people supported it. Popularity skyrocketed. When all else fails, they take you to war. And my concern is when this economy crashes, they'll make up another excuse, another lie to take us to war because when all else fails, they take you to war. But this war will be different than all the rest. It'll be the war when they ask Albert Einstein, what kind of weapons will be used to fight the Third World War? He said, I don't know. But they'll be using sticks and stones to fight the Fourth. This country's going down big, hard, and fast. The numbers are all there. Again, median household income has declined at the fastest rate since they've been doing the numbers in 2020, while the billionaires got only $8 trillion richer. Yeah, off with their heads 2.0? Sounds French to me. So, Gerald, we've got about a minute and a half left in this segment. Uh, Very difficult question, but if you dare to venture out and uh, make a guess, uh, when do you see this 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 uh, big decline starting, or are, are we at the beginning of it at this point? Oh, it's on, it's on now. Again, you look you look at air travel. Oh, it's only down to what May levels, conventions, trade shows. What are they, are they having them anymore? No, we're canceling them all. Oh, you can't go into a restaurant without a vaccination. Oh, that's going to be great for can't go to events without a vaccination. How about all the people that aren't going to get vaxxed? They're not going to be going. People are living in fear. No, this thing's going down. It's going to be a lot worse. And they're going to keep pumping in more cheap money. And even though gold prices are way down and and silver prices, I'm still very bullish on them. And again, they're rigging the markets. I'm not making that up. J.P. Morgan Chase was fined $900 million recently for rigging the precious metals market. They they know that when precious metals skyrocket, people are going to see the the fraud behind it, and that's why you're going to see the crypto markets, particularly Bitcoin, keep going up because there's a whole group of people there that want to get out of the system and are developing their own. So that's how we see it. But this thing is going to keep going down, and there may be the market crash by the end of this year, as you mentioned before. The market valuations are skyrocketing highs that make absolutely no sense. Well, my guest today is Mr. Gerald Salente. His website is trendsjournal.com. Gerald, always appreciate your perspective, uh, appreciate your work very much, and thank you for joining us. And thank you for having me. We will return after these words. Welcome back to RLA Radio. I'm your host, Dennis Tubergen. 
And thanks again to Mr. Gerald Salente for joining us on today's program. In the first segment of today's program, I talked about fuzzy economic math. In that segment, I talked about the fact that since the financial crisis, since stocks peaked in 2007, industrial production in the United States has actually declined by 1%. And yet, over that same time frame, we find ourselves now at a point in time where stock valuations are at an all-time high. They're nearly twice the valuation level that they were in 2007. Here's where the fuzzy economic math comes in. You have to ask yourself, how did stocks nearly double in value using the Buffett indicator as our method of measuring, while at the same time industrial production declined? It simply doesn't make any sense. Now, if you're just joining me, I am offering you a copy absolutely free of my most recent book, Retirement Roadmap. Uh, The book will give you some strategies to consider using in your own individual financial situation to help you plan in the current environment. The website to request your copy of the book is RoadmapToRetirementBook.com. The website, again, is RoadmapToRetirementBook.com. Just go enter your name and your address, and I'll be glad to send you a complimentary copy of the book. Now, let's look at some more fuzzy math here. Because as industrial production has declined from 2007, the money supply has increased by 225%. Now, according to economist Murray Rothbard, who wrote a book about the Great Depression titled America's Great Depression, the money supply growth that drove the Roaring Twenties and ultimately led to the Great Depression of the 1930s was a whole lot less than what we're seeing presently. Now, in the first segment of today's program, I referenced an article that was published on Mises.org by a gentleman by the name of Mr. John Wolfenbarger, and he said this, Excessive debt has been the problem with every financial crisis in history due to prior currency creation out of thin air. So the next one promises to be one for the history books, given these unprecedented high debt levels. Now, what about these high debt levels? Well, debt levels are at all-time highs as well. And you can't really have an asset bubble unless you have easy money and easy credit. So they go hand in hand. Now, if you take a look at the total debt that exists in the United States and you divide it by gross domestic product, we are presently at about four times GDP. Now, if you go back to the 2000 tech stock peak, debt then was about two and a half times GDP. In 2007, it was about three and a half times GDP. Now it is at four times GDP. Mr. Wolfenbarger says debt levels at these high levels means the next recession will be one for the history books because during a recession, debt is actually purged from the system. 
Wolfenbarger says this, debt liquidation and defaults will lead to deflation, as we saw in the Great Recession and even more so in the Great Depression. Now, I have often quoted Thomas Jefferson, one of our founding fathers whose, in my view, sage advice we have ignored. Mr. Jefferson said that if the American people ever allow private banks to control the issue of their currency, and I don't don't need to probably remind any of our longtime listeners that the Federal Reserve is a private group of bankers, he said that if the American people ever allow private banks to control the issue of their currency, first by inflation, then by deflation, the banks and corporations that will grow up around them will deprive the people of all property until their children wake up homeless on the very continent their fathers conquered. So Mr. Jefferson says if we go down the road we're going down, we're going to have inflation followed by deflation. And certainly when you take a look at where we are today, it seems that we are squarely on that path. We are seeing inflation presently. Extreme deflation will have to follow at some future point to purge debt excesses from the system. That is deflation. See, the point here is that Money created out of thin air, currency created out of thin air, to use the appropriate term, does not create new goods and services that improve living standards. I mean, think about it. If currency creation made us wealthy, then a place like Zimbabwe would be the wealthiest country in the world. However, Newly created money can flow into financial assets, which explains why their current valuation levels are so high. Now, this past week, I happened to stumble upon an article by Dr. Uh, by excuse me, Charles Hugh Smith. Uh, Mr. Smith uh, talked about this disconnect, this delusion. He said, "This we have now." We are now operating under this delusion that we can get rich through speculation versus production. The fantasy powering this speculative frenzy that we are now seeing, according to Mr. Smith, is that you'll speculate, you'll get rich, you'll stop working and live off your wealth. He said it's interesting how people are this delusional that they think everything, everyone can get rich via unproductive speculation, quit their jobs, and then live off the productive work of somebody else who failed to get rich off speculation. See, the current environment finds labor shortages because we've incentivized not working and we've incentivized speculation. So I said, as I said at the outset, we are living, I believe, in an artificial economy, and we are now in the midst of financial markets that are also artificial. And I believe if you're going to be successful in planning your financial future, if you're going to be successful in retirement, you need to take a different approach. And that's the goal of the Retirement Roadmap book. 
The Retirement Roadmap book walks you through the revenue sourcing process that we have developed for this particular point in time. And the revenue sourcing process that's explained in the book will give you some strategies to consider using and also some strategies to manage taxes. To get your copy of the book, all you need to do is visit the website. I'll give it here once again. It's RoadmapToRetirementBook.com, RoadmapToRetirementBook.com. Go ahead and visit the website. Let us know where to mail it, and we'd be glad to get you a copy of the book. That's my program for this week. Hope you got something you can use. I'll talk to you again next week.